Hey, it's Keith. Oh, hi. I didn't think I'd hear from you tonight. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me okay? I sound weird to myself yeah. in this. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I guess this is okay. It's weird too. This. Uh, I'm at the convention center again. They took down the uh, Christmas thing that was blocking the phone. This because it's my favorite phone, the one that's like right by the window where you can see all the mountains. But it is just crawling with like convention people today. They're all just wearing their little blazers and their collar shirts with the pastel colors. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. What uh, what what convention is going on? Uh, I don't know. I walked past it and it just was some something generically tech. I'm not sure, but this thing it's huge. Like I'm by Exhibition Hall A. You know, there's a whole bunch, a whole bunch of different ones. I noticed the other day though that uh, if you go upstairs from here, there's like a second floor of conventiony stuff, and then on top of that is like this fancy hotel. But uh, if you go up to just the second floor. It's like there's like a little indoor waterfall thing and it's all nice and uh, and I just like hung out up there amongst the convention-y people and just, just sat on one of their couches and worked on some writing and like, you know, I look basically enough like them, I guess, that it's, you know, nobody cared. I didn't go so far as to eat any of their food. Like they had, you know, little pieces of banana bread and coffee and stuff. I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't eat any of that. But. You weren't that gall, didn't have, weren't that gallsy, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Hang out there enough, though, and maybe they'll think you're one of the staff. Yeah, or maybe too much, and they'll start to wonder why I'm always there. But, uh, man, it is weird how much, how much, like, you can really just kind of hang out anywhere. Like, uh, I'll get to this part of the story later. i got a couple things that have gone down in my life. But I was at uh, Langara College, it's like, or university or whatever. And it reminded me a lot of UNB, that same kind of feeling. Smaller, though. But, uh, but yeah, it's like once I was in there walking around I'm like geez like yeah another place like just everyone's just hanging around and I just hung around for a little while and it's like you know I don't know it's weird you just never think to go in these places but as soon as you have a reason to go once it's like oh yeah it's just another place like feel like you belong eh a little bit I mean it still felt weird especially that university type uh feeling just just a weird feeling but uh yeah so basically I thought I wouldn't be able to call today because of work but that won't be a problem anymore because I quit. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I guess it's like, man, I'm actually, I don't know how long this episode will be. I'm at a, a pretty low ebb right now, energy-wise. I broke my little caffeine rule and had a coffee. As soon as I quit the place with the fancy coffee, I immediately went back to Tim Hortons and just got a garbage coffee. But, uh, so why did you quit? So is this kind of like a little confluence of stuff? I mean, obviously, like, I was always complaining, like, that job was really bad. Like, you know, it was literally making my toes bleed, you know? It's like, the fact that I can even stand on my feet for eight and a half straight hours is a miracle. <laughs> you know, it's like, just a bad job. Really does pay bad, just minimum wage, like, just crap. And super monotonous and super rote, like, none of the customers are interesting, and it's just coffee, you know, fucking cheesecakes. And like I was saying before, too, like, just the lineups. Like, even today, oh, geez, just right up to the bitter end. It's just, like, a line up to the door, and then it goes away for a few minutes, just enough time to stock things and, like, reset. It's like a, like you're on a pirate ship or something, and you've just, like, quick, like, fucking, while that ship's circling around, get all the cannons loaded up again, because here comes the next wave. You know, so it's just a shitty job, right? And then... In kind of the longer tale of it is is I've definitely been there long enough now that, you know, like, I, there's been a bunch of people that work there. They're generally pretty cool. 
And, you know, like I got along pretty well with almost everybody. And uh, one of those things, like I've been to a few birthday parties and gone to some stuff and whatever. And like, yeah, it's kind of cool. They're like little work friends. But it really is like 95% um, girls in their early 20s that work there. You know, like I'm just never gonna, like I definitely started to notice the, uh, you know, like somebody would be like, oh, are you going to such and such a thing tonight? And I'd be like, what? I never heard about that. Like, obviously there's, you know, like the girls are having party night and like, why would they invite the 36 year old man? <laughs> you know, even though we get along at work, like, like it's not, I'm not good. These are not going to be my best friends, what I'm trying to say. Okay. Got it. Uh, so that was, you know, starting to creep in a little bit. And I started to get just that sort of feeling in my gut, which I've started to realize as I get older, like when I get the feeling in my gut about something, it's always right never been wrong you know it's always like oh x y or z was a shitty thing that eventually went bad but i knew that months ago like why did i just wait you know like i guess it just because change is uncomfortable and it's weird to do but that was kind of in the back of my head uh so then also uh like when i started working there you know they were desperate for staff and uh and even though i was always asking for fewer shifts like i would always end up working four or five you know days a week all the time I just couldn't get less shifts because you know they just were understaffed where it's like flip-flopped ever since uh, the new year hit they suddenly like people want shifts they want to work more and there's you know so I've been basically on skeleton duty for a couple of weeks now it's pretty much like one shift a week and then if someone's sick or whatever it goes up to like two shifts but it's been almost none so so that's kind of good in a way because it's like back to what I wanted originally anyway it's just like like you know I'm just barely there I'm just back up I'm like if you really do need somebody to come in I'll come in or whatever but uh but then it kind of had a dual effect of having so many days off in a row and then going back there it's just like such a smack in the face of how miserable it is <laughs> you know <laughs> like I'm not going there every day so it's not the routine it's like like today geez I, I really tried to go to sleep early but how how do you wake up at four in the morning and go to a coffee shop there's just no good way to do that you know that's fucking madness but when i was doing it all the time it was just my life and then with that i would also get these nice paychecks like i actually topped out at just over 10 grand at one point like i was doing okay with this money stuff i mean not really because it still pays shit like so there was that too yeah so it's like the time off was making the time back there just like like really just like what the hell am i doing here why am i here i'm just like robot cog in a totally pointless machine for a teeny tiny little paycheck you know <laughs> like just these little paychecks they're like a hundred dollars did you just get to the end of the day and just say to the guy i'm leaving goodbye no well today so that was like you know just kind of in my mind and i would kind of uh, float the idea to some people and just be like you know i'm really kind of thinking i'm gonna quit and you know just like putting it in the out in the atmosphere but I wasn't really planning on it right away it's like ah, eh, whatever like that's that's loaded in the chamber but whatever you know it'll just I'll probably just still just trudge along for blah 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 way too long and then realize that I should have listened to the feeling in my gut fucking four months ago so today not only did I get up super crazy early and I just didn't sleep very well and I was in a bad mood anyway and my shoulder has been really hurting me lately and I'm just in a bad mood so uh so I get to work and for the first couple hours it's just me by myself like the first yeah a couple hours so if anything even remotely like strenuous happens like there's only me instead of normally there's at least two people but i mean usually there's like four people because this place you know it's big and it's like high capacity so this happened to be a real busy morning 
of just people making like fucking I need 18 muffins and I need this uh, breakfast wrap thing that you have to make on the grill and like stop everything to make and the, the classic cappuccino just a pain in the fucking dick which I'm becoming more and more convinced people don't know what cappuccinos are because this other guy Connor that works there he uh, somebody asked him for a cappuccino with no foam the other day and that's all a fucking cappuccino is it's espresso and foam that's it <laughs> so so and Connor tried to explain to him was like yeah you know hey, hey fancy businessman like I get that you're the king of all business but I'm the guy who works at the coffee shop and I'm telling you that <laughs> that is not possible what you're saying but the guy kept debating him like no at other stores it's like it's like no that's not get the fuck out of here uh so anyway rambly story here today my brain's not all the way with me so I, I was, there's stuff I'm supposed to do in the morning, like I gotta put the patio out, which, you know, it's still dark out, it's raining, it doesn't really matter that much if the patio is all the way out, but I didn't manage to get the whole patio out, there's still some, some chairs and tables inside the store, you know, off in the corner somewhere, not in anybody's way or anything, when the next person came in. And this chick, do you remember I said when I first got this job that I felt like I had met all these people before? Well, this was the one person who I didn't like, like right away. It was like, again, this gut feeling where it seems like I don't have enough to go on to feel this way, but she was the one who did my training the first day. And that first day I got the same feeling that I got from Hemda in New York and from Joel's wife, like all these situations that eventually led to big fights, the exact same feeling. And I'm like, dude, we're not going to get along. I just know it. I just feel it. But mostly we didn't cross paths that much after that because there's a lot of employees at this place and uh and it just you know it was always that vague kind of let's just not talk to each other thing but that's about it so she comes in today and she's one of these ones there's two of the people that work there of the like 15 or whatever who like to try to pretend that there's a hierarchy you know like the fact that they're a supervisor and they get paid 50 cents more means that they're my boss when that's totally insane because we all do the same jobs it's just they have like a key or whatever to the store and uh and there's two of them that act like that one of them i managed to kind of like you know bite my tongue long enough and because she's doug's girlfriend so i kind of really had to get along with her so you know like i don't know we eventually kind of got past it like without it turning into a thing i kind of got her to sort of see that like that's not really cool and like it's just like that's not how anybody responds well to anything and don't just try to pull rank and like you know give people little rules and stuff because like we're all just at this coffee shop and it can either be fun or it can be miserable and you're making it miserable but this other girl never had you know she just continued to be this way and today oh my god she was off the charts i've never ever uh, i never even imagined she would be this ridiculous where she's like keith why is it why isn't the patio out and it was just non-stop for the next like hour of all these little so what time did you get here how can this and the thing that finally broke the camel's back it's such a dumb little thing but we have this this special in the morning where if you get a small coffee and a muffin it's 350 but you have to get that you have to get a small coffee and a muffin you can't if you upgrade the coffee to a medium coffee the deal's off and it's 525 so you know it's like a of like a buck 50 buck 75 more how much more is that it's a lot more anyway for a tiny little splash extra of coffee so when people want the occasional person who asks for a medium coffee and the muffin i just say hey you know what i explained to them the muffin deal and i'm like but you know what i'll give you the deal today but just so you know that works but i'll just charge you for the deal because it's like you know a third of a cent worth of coffee if even that 
and uh, yeah, and she's like, Keith, don't do that. And I just, uh, like that attitude, you know? It just like not asking me, not trying to be remotely nice, just like this fucking commandeering bullshit. So it was weird. This was not as satisfying as I hoped it would be, you know, because I talk a lot of big talk about like, if anything goes wrong, I'm going to quit and I'm going to tell everyone to go fuck themselves and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just exaggerating. Like, I'm never going to do that. No one ever does that. They just, you know, or, you know, when people tell stories and they're like, and then I was like, and they tell you the thing and they're like, well, did you really say that? And they're like, well, no, I didn't really say that. <laughs> so anyway, today I really did. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like there's a big line of customers and I just stopped with all the customers and I was like, look, let me give you a little, little sneak preview of what's happening today. I'm going to quit. This is my last day. So would you like me to go home right now? Like, is that what you would like? And I just stood there and waited for her to answer while she was at a little coffee thing while the customers are all just waiting. And I just waited and I'm like, so would you? Would you like me to go home? And she's just like, we'll discuss it in the back later. <laughs> like she just had nothing she could say. <laughs> but it didn't feel good, you know? It was like, I thought it would be like, oh, it'd be so great to finally have one of those moments. But it just feels bad. It's just like, why are you such a little prick that you've made the situation get to this point for no fucking reason? Because the stupid patio wasn't all the way up. Did you stay and finish the shift? Uh, so then I stayed until you? the manager girl came in, which was like very soon after that. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll badmouth this girl to you all, all, all the time, but I don't, I didn't want to make waves within the little organization. So I, because I was planning to quit anyway, eventually. It's just I quit today because it was just such an, like, cartoonishly intolerable. Like, you know, I'm just sitting here getting shit on by this fucking 23-year-old jerk-off after I got up at 4 in the morning to sell coffee to assholes. Like, it's just unbelievably intolerable. But I didn't bring that up. I just was like, to the manager girl, I was like, you know, I basically laid it out. I'm just like, you know, when I started, like you needed people I needed something to do I filled a lot of spaces now clearly you know you don't really need me it's like there's a lot of oh yeah so for because for example I only have one shift next week but I'm going to see a band the night before so I got somebody to take my shift next week so I've got like a whole week and some after this before I could even be scheduled again so like this is a good time to step aside I'm not fucking anybody over I'm barely there you know I'm a ghost at this point so that's how I pitched it. I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And then the manager girl was like, you know, I can't argue with that. Like, this is, this is a bad job, <laughs> you know? So everything ended amicably all around, except with this one dumbass who really just, just expedited the process. Like, I should really just be kind of glad that I didn't just limp along for another whatever. It is just over. And then she apologized to me as I was out the door. She's probably just happy she wanted to see me anymore. <laughs> I feel the same way. So we did our little, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry too, whatever, and that was that. So if you apply for another job and put that down as a reference, you're not going to be... They're not going to say, that fucker, we don't want him here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> I mean... Travel maker. And then, yeah, I sent, like, the little mass text out to the people that I had their numbers and just like, hey, guys, you know, hey, I'm done with lattes, you know, I'll see you around. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, cool, stop in the shop, say hi. Like, it's fine with everyone except this one chick. And even her, I think she realized by the end, like, she really was just being absurd. It must be a weird feeling, too, when she's uh, trying to pull her dumb power trip thing. And I am just like, I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> so long. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, after I told the manager lady I was going to... And I'm like done. She's like, well, you know, I mean, we'll probably be fine today. We don't really need you. You know, there's already like four other people on staff. Like, if you want to just go home right now, that's fine. 
So uh, I did. So I went home. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm on it. There, there's one. Yeah, it's, uh, just, it's weird. I'm doing a little recorded. There's some right there, though, just at the end of the hall. Yeah, the guy couldn't tell I was on the phone because I'm holding it weird. Um, uh, what the hell was I just saying? You're saying that you just went home. Oh yeah, so I went home to just go back to sleep because I was so exhausted, but I'm kind of just torqued up by the whole stupid thing. So I only slept for like an hour, but, but then it was enough that I'm like, all right, cool, I'll call mom now because I, you know, <laughs> I've got some wherewithal back. So anyway, yeah, and again, I think uh, Doug was a little disappointed when I texted him because he's the guy that got me the job because it is like a little bit like, because, you know, we would have shifts occasionally with me and him and we'd hang out and talk about movies and it was kind of fun. And, you know, so he's probably got a little bit of the like, you know, rejection feeling of like, oh man, really? You don't want to hang out anymore? But I just, I just don't want to make lattes anymore. I just can't do it. And again, like for like no money now, like these teeny little paychecks, it's just, there's just no reason. It's ludicrous. So I feel okay. like it, I feel like it, it served its purpose. It was kind of cool. It uh, you know I met some people. It was especially kind of neat to have the this, just to be in the weird gaggle of girls, <laughs> you know, because I remember that was like a big thing when I got in a fight with Joel's wife, where he's just like, like just purely because of the example of Joel's wife and Hemda in New York. He's like, I think you have a problem with women. But I mean, I gotta admit, you know, I like Joel a lot and I do respect his opinion. So that was kind of like, is he right? Is that true? So this was nice to at least see like, no, not at all. Like I got along with everybody there except the one asshole. And again, those other examples, it's cause they're assholes. It's not cause they're women. It's cause they're being dicks. So that was a nice sort of thing. And, and, and to get a job again, just to, just to feel the pain and the torment, you know, of like, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to do these minimum wage rote jobs that little, literal robots will do by the time I'm an old person. Like, I need to do something else. And I saved up some money. Like, yeah, like, you know, I got like 10 grand or whatever. That'll last a little while. Yeah, well, <clears throat> good luck to that, Keith. You, this is actually probably the one of the longest jobs you've hung in for. Cause when did you start that? October, November? Uh, it was right before my birthday, like a few days before, so September. Oh well, oh my God, you were in there for four months. Yeah. Oh, you know what that reminds me of too. Do you remember I mentioned the other job that I got offered was at uh, the Shaw Shaw Call Center? Yeah. And uh, so I ran into that guy. It was pretty cool. The guy Vince. Uh, I haven't really seen him since then, but I just ran into him at a uh, like a Salvation Army or Value Village or whatever. Just randomly ran into him, and he's doing some other job now because he quit that job. And I was like, Yeah, again, like my gut feeling was right. You know, he was like, Yeah, come on, hang out. It's not that bad. We'll have fun. But I just knew in my gut it's awful, and I would quit. And he totally confirmed. He's like, Yeah, that job was awful, <laughs> and I quit. <laughs> So that was, you know, so there's that. And there's still that little part of me that's like, ah, oh, man, you know, whatever, respectable person should have a job and to be part of society and whatever, but just not this job. This job really sucks. Like, it's, it's not the worst job I ever had, but I believe it is the second worst job I ever had. Like, being a dishwasher for whatever that was, like a month, is the only job that was worse than this. So... I don't know what to say. I obviously didn't raise two children with a real strong work work ethic who'll hang in there come hell or hot water. No. For everything. Very much not, but uh, I mean, I don't know. We can only hope. We can only roll the dice and hope that that'll pay off in the long run. <laughs> you know, I think about that sometimes about at all the stages of my life. Like, what if everything had gone better? Like, what if everything just went great in Fredericton? 
Like what if I met some girl in high school and we just got married and then what? I would just still be in fucking Fredericton? <laughs> like would that really be better is what I'm trying to say. And like I think about that at every different little level. Like like if, if then I would just be doing whatever that was. And yeah, that doesn't seem very good. But anyway, so that's the bad news. I mean, you know, I think it's kind of good news, but, you know, could be perceived as bad news. But you want to hear the good news? Sure. So one of the guys that I do get along with a lot there is this guy, Connor, who uh, he wasn't like I basically replaced him when I started and he went back to Ireland for a bit and then he came back and started working there. So uh, he's into writing and stuff. So he said he was taking a, a writing course at this college. That's why I was at Langara University. So it's like art of the short story. I don't really know what it's about. But I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll do that with you. Why not? You want somebody to do a, a course with you? So we went up there a few days ago. And uh, I just uh, actually I haven't heard back from him yet. About I told him that I quit, but I haven't heard back yet. So, <laughs> But it doesn't matter. What, so what if I quit the job? But yeah, so we went up and signed up for this like continuing education course. They have all kinds of different stuff. So it starts in February, and it's like an eight-week course, like three hours a week on Wednesday night. And I don't know, some professor, I guess, will tell us about short stories or something. I don't know. But this is the first, you know, time I'll be stepping back into a classroom since like 1997. <laughs> so, so that's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> like that's where, again, like, uh, like I was saying about with the coffee shop, like it's clear that, you know, there's a pretty strong delineation between 20 year old girls and me you know <laughs> you know we can get along and hang out sometimes but we're not going to be best friends whereas like this dude connor clearly a, a good ex good uh, influence or whatever because we're both writerly fellows and, and like like he got me to go sign up for a course how crazy is that yeah, well yeah because i've got, been trying to suggest to you for years that you should just go try one yeah try one and no you weren't having any of that yeah, it just really is like um, on my own, under my own motive power, I'm just not going to do these things. Like, I just, man, it's fucking loud. This guy's luggage is dragging along. Um, yeah, because like, cause I remember saying that to you when I was back in Toronto, like, and you're saying like, oh, it's not that hard. And like, yeah, it's not that hard. Like, I could, if I was like under threat of death, yes, I could go do it. But if I have to be the motive power, I'm just not going to. And I feel like that was kind of Toronto in a nutshell, as I just wasn't quite lined up with all the people there. I mean, I was friends with them, but, you know, they all had higher level jobs and they were, the only classes any of them took were comedy classes and I just had no interest in anyone telling me uh, the rules of comedy, <laughs> zero interest in that. Whereas as soon as I got here to Vancouver, just the fact that Doug is more on my level job-wise and it's just like, hey, I'll get you a job, or Vince, you know, suddenly I have a job. And this guy's taking a course that I'm actually interested in. I'm like, yeah, I'll go to the course. Like, like it's just uh, the social circumstances mean they work well. Well, I guess maybe since well. I think we missed putting some money in your bank account this month, I guess I better start putting some back in since <laughs> you're on the dole. Since you're not even on the dole. Yeah, I mean, hey, I won't say no. But, uh, yeah, in this course it was like, it wasn't too bad really. It was like 250 I think. So it comes out to like 30 bucks a class. And uh, I don't know, I'm interested because I have very my opinions about writing and uh, they they just solidify more and more every year like i really think i know what i like and what i want to do but 
you know, it's just an excuse, just an excuse to be in that environment and see what happens and whatever. Maybe I'll learn a thing or two. Oh, the other thing that, uh, yeah, like this guy Connor actually has been kind of a good influence where also there's these uh, writing groups that just meet up in town like they'll just meet up at a coffee shop like 10 people and they all just sit around at a big table at a coffee shop and chat for half an hour and then they'll just write together and uh and i just signed up for one of those because he did it before and told me all about it and i was like all right cool like whatever so i haven't done one yet but but yeah you know that's cool that's a thing yeah well it's something at least you're not just laying around doing nothing feeling sorry for yourself or yeah because i was thinking that too like that's another thing with this coffee shop is you know regardless of how well i fit in there or not or whatever they really were kind of the only people that i know in this town but just the uh just like that this you know like oh here's these were little meetup groups and oh here's these classes and like now that i've signed up for one it's so easy you know just here's like like even just that idea of doing something the first time is weird now i know where the the desk is i know how the process works i they've got a huge list of stuff like so there's these other avenues where i can meet people that i'll almost certainly have more in common with you know so it made it also seem like because honestly like this whole time it was nice in a way to have the coffee shop job and get some money or whatever but that was never the real point it was just to know somebody in town (laughs) you know so when I kind of was like, all right, I've kind of hit the limit of, obviously I found the people that I am going to continue to hang out with, this guy Connor and Doug and whatever, and these other avenues of like, oh, and, and then I'll just go do these other things and meet people there. And it's like, time and to just... And now, you know, okay, you've left that job, but uh, the door will probably open somewhere else. And if you needed to go and work a, a job like that again, well, you could do it for the little bit of time to bolster up your bank account or yeah and i mean more people or and it literally is too like you know it's always a weird feeling to kind of you know just like all right jobs see you later like to just let these things go but it is like easy come easy go like that was just you know doug was like just send me a facebook message like you know i could get you a job at my job and i was like oh god i don't want to but i just like forced myself to reply like okay i guess (laughs) and then like i just had to go in and say like hey I'm from Fredericton, and I'm Doug's friend. That's the the job where the manager is also from Fredericton. So it's like, and they're just like, all right, you got the job. You know, <laughs> like it was that easy. <laughs> it's kind of, it was kind of fun too, talking about like the manager girl. She was from Nova Scotia, but she went to uh, St. Thomas. So just talking about like the tannery <laughs> and like, oh yeah, the tannery, you know, <laughs> and people would be like, what's that? And it's like, oh, you know, every bar in town shares one parking lot and everyone just gets drunk there. <laughs> it's, I was like, ah, Frederick did the memories. Uh, so I think that's all I've been up to though, is yeah, quit, quit my job, taking a class. So the yin and the yang. Well, not much going on here. We had a party last weekend with one of those big porks that Chris gives me for Christmas each year. We had about 25 people here. Nice. It was kind of fun. We're still eating the food at work. <laughs> yeah, you guys are super lucky that uh, that snowstorm did not hit the Maritimes. Oh, yeah, we got nothing here. We're, we've actually had a very good winter here. We can't complain. We've got a little bit of snow down and... It's been quite mild now, nothing like what you guys have. I saw a picture on the news last night. My God, it looks like August. Yeah, I've had my window open a couple times, like, recently, because I just can't fall asleep because it's, like, I'll, like, put a red, like, a 
dresser in front of my radiator and it's still too hot, so I gotta open the window. I mean, you've got green grass and Yeah, and uh, I mean, beautiful. Like, like the uh, the footage I saw from New York is like crazy. It's like 28 inches of snow. Like it's. Yeah, but I don't know that it was all that. I mean, you know what it looked like? It looked like what we had here last year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's still still bad though. Like state of emergency. Like they shut down all well, the uh, all the trains and all the transit and everything. Well, see, they're not they're not prepared for that. I mean, I know they have winter every year. I don't understand why they're not prepared for this stuff. They're not. And most of the acts, car accidents they had, you could tell by the way the cars were swerving on the road. People are driving around with summer tires on. Yeah. You could just tell. You could just see by the way they swerved. You, you knew that they didn't have winter tires. Probably not even all seasons. Yeah, I guess New York isn't as brutal normally. It's still pretty bad, though. I mean, like it's not like New York gets easy winters or anything. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just presumed when I saw all that stuff. I was like, oh, man, you guys must be getting, getting hammered. No, no, we, we we are not getting hammered this year. It's one of those El Nino years, and it's beautiful. I mean, not beautiful. We got the snow and it's cold, but uh, nothing like last year. We just kept coming and coming and coming. It was so deep here last year that you know our our front porch. You couldn't see out the front porch window. Yeah. <laughs> we had snow until April. I could look out the window down at the office. And there, big pile of snow was there till, yeah, it was like the third week of April before it finally went. Now this year, ah, beautiful, nothing. Sidewalks are bare, we've had rain the last couple of days. A little bit of snow tonight, but that's not bad, not bad at all. Man, these people, I don't know how noisy this is on the recording, but they just won't stop. It's just never-ending lines of people with their luggage with the wheels. It's amazing how loud this shit is. But anyway. <laughs> I suppose the convention center is supposed to be generating some kind of income. Yeah, but every other time I've been here, it's been deserted. This is weird. Hey, there goes another one. Ugh, horrible. So, you're just going to start up writing again, or are you just going to lay around for a few days, or...? Yeah, no, I'm definitely just going to stick with writing. Stick with the writing, because, yeah, that's another thing with this job, is it really did throw a monkey wrench into that. I was getting tons of stuff done. I was like, like, lifetime high watermark for productivity. But then I got this job, and it goofed that all up. But then I hit my lifetime high watermark of money. <laughs> you know, I was like, holy crap, ten grand. Man, I tell you, like, I don't know, it's just so silly, too, that I'm like, I've got ten grand, I'm all set. Like, I don't remember the exact number, but uh, Matt was all set to quit his job in Toronto. And uh, and it was like a, some kind of crazy number that his boss was just like, well, how about I give you a $30,000, $40,000 raise or whatever. And he's like, all right. It might even have been more than that. But he's like, all right, I guess I'll stay then. Because like in, you know, the tech sector of Toronto, computer shit, like they don't care. They got so much money. They're just like, they just don't want to train somebody new. So they're just like, here's... Here's someone else's whole salary, but just a bonus. Here you go. Brad got a big, uh, a big one late recently too, and stuff like that too. It's extra ridiculous. It's like, yes, it's specialized, and they're doing stuff that I don't presently know how to do. But whatever they do in a day is, I'm sure, easier than the shit I was doing when my toes were bleeding. <laughs> you know, and they're getting paid a thousand times more. Yeah, it probably is. It probably is easier. Yeah, I mean, mine was dumber, but it wasn't easy. It's just oof. a whole lot of the kind of job that you you do that, that, that would annoy me after a while. The kind of day jobs they do are probably they don't have to socialize with a whole lot of people. Yeah. 
and the job that you do, you do. And you have to be nice to these people. And man, I know that's that's the hardest thing I find about my job. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm actually meeting with people, like I'm okay once I'm talking to them. But when they just come through the door without uh, without an appointment or... But they come early. That bugs me too. Like, you know, you get an appointment for 10 o'clock and you're there at like 20 to 10. Like, what the hell? Don't you have a clock? <laughs> and I and I do get somewhat snotty about it. I say, can't you tell time? They keep coming back. Doesn't mean to offend them very much. <laughs> right. Maybe they want a little of that structure in their life someone to tell them Her how it is. talking on the phone to people and she's just so sweet and so and she's just not getting the message and I pick up the phone, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that dealing with people. It, uh, well, that's, yeah, the other thing, like, at the old coffee shop job, I, I liked that part of it because it was, like, just a slight, somewhat, quite a bit slower, and and it was a lot of, uh, just, I don't know where we were situated in this, it was only, it's like, it's on the same street, they're both these coffee shops are on Granville, but at opposite ends, and the old coffee shop, like, backpackers would come through, and they'd tell me about New Zealand, or, like, I don't know, just dumb stuff, like how, you know, since the, uh, seasons are flipped like in australia they have christmas in the summer so every christmas movie it seems weird to them because you know just just stupid whatever just learning something stupid where here yeah it was just pure draining because it is just just mechanically robotically take an order try to be nice to these fucking business jerks that just suck yeah and that thing where they i don't know they kind of have this thing like they feel that they're the most important thing on the planet and they've got nothing to say yeah. Society, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, there's a like very... People come in and say, do you remember me? No, I don't remember you. <laughs> like, why would I? Why do you think you're so damn important that I'd remember you? I haven't got a clue who you are. <laughs> and they seem a little put out that you didn't know. Or, or if they're on the phone. Do you know who this is? <laughs> no, and I don't care. I don't care who you are. <laughs> That's almost like a <laughs> bad... Me. It's like a bad girlfriend or something. Like, guess who? Like, I don't know. Guess again. (laughs) Where, see, I'm the complete opposite. Even if I think somebody, if I haven't seen somebody for a long, long time, I never put them on the spot like that. Expecting them to know me. I introduce myself. I say, hi, remember me? I'm Barbara Smart. And I'll say the name. Um, And they'll say, oh, I know who you are. Uh, But I never put the other people are like... Hi, don't you know me? Or and sometimes I lie and say yes, I do, hoping maybe I can get further along, enough along that I'll get enough clues that I can figure out who they are. <laughs> but sometimes, no, I haven't got a freaking clue who we are. And then sometimes I'm just downright blunt. No, I don't know who you are. And it might be somebody I just saw two days ago. It's amazing too how far you can get without uh, knowing someone's name. Because I'm just bad at remembering names. So like someone. Oh, tells I me hardly name ever. I, I I hardly ever speak call somebody by name because nine nine chances out of ten I'll be wrong and it's just weird anyway like it's just disingenuous and strange when people do that like I don't know I don't know it's so weird too because like I feel like I don't know especially in New York I got criticized a lot for uh, I don't know my lack of social graces but I really kind of feel the opposite like I feel like people like you and me have got it more on the ball and it's these other people that are acting fucking bizarre but yeah they're so phony it seems I guess it's all relative or whatever. I had the beholder, but it was really galling, though, to be criticized for that in fucking New York, of all places, <laughs> you know, on a combative podcast. I'm like, really? 
You're telling me that I'm at the get out of here. <laughs> that was brutal. I'm also a big, you know, if you've got something to say that's relevant, okay, say it. But just to be yakking on just to hear yourself talk or whatever it is that your problem is, like, just shut up. We don't want to hear from you. Yeah, it just seems like such a simple thing, too, of like, well, I mean, I find this a lot with writing, too, of like people that I don't like the writing. Like, it just seems like, uh, like all you got to do is put yourself in the other position. Like, with stuff like, do you remember who I am, or not introducing yourself, or like, if you just, it doesn't seem like it takes that much brain power to imagine yourself in the other person's shoes, and it's like, all right, now let me just not make this weird for them. Like, let me not set this up so that they could stumble and not know who I am, or make it embarrassing, or whatever. I find that too with, like, bad writing. It's like, just, just imagine you're the person that you're writing about, and you're in that situation. Would any of the things that you're writing right now actually go through anyone's mind or ever happen? Like, it seems like an easy thing, an easy test that people just don't do. I don't know, I really do think that'd be fascinating, too. If you could, if you could really see, like, what the world looks like through somebody else's eyes. Because it, it almost scares me sometimes to think about, like, you know, we're all here on the same basic earth and everything is more or less the same, obviously. But, but you can just tell that some people's, like, perception of just... Everything is fucking weird, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Even just like their, their social barometers and just their ideas of everything, just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I guess I'd just rather not deal with them and there you go. I don't know, that's one thing, man. Somebody, so somebody from Toronto that I know, she sent me this link to, uh, it's a new radio show or something that the CBC is starting or whatever and they're taking submissions for hosts and, uh, I don't know, fucking, like, they were like, hey, you should, you do all these podcasts and stuff, you're like a broadcaster, you should send them some clips, but I just can't imagine, even like a job like that, that's kind of like a creative job or whatever, but, but just, I just can't have people telling me what to do, <laughs> I just can't, man, <laughs> I just, I hate it, like, uh, like with the CBC, a lot came out with uh, that John Gameshi stuff, where, yeah. where uh, you know, talking about the behind the scenes and the politics and stuff and uh, how he got away with being this weird creep for all these years because of just the bureaucracy and how the whole system works. And it just sounds awful. It just sounds like the worst office job ever in the world. It's just part of it is that you're on the radio. It's like, I don't know, I don't know what job I'm going to do, frankly. <laughs> Hopefully writing works out where I can just sit by myself somewhere and write a bunch of stuff. Because, I don't know, I just... It just uh, it ties into that gut feeling thing, I guess, again. It's just like, like it's, it would be weird for me to say objectively, like, I know what's right and I know what's wrong. But for myself, I definitely do. Like, when I get that feeling of, like, I'm going to get along with you and I'm not going to get along with you. And I'm going to work okay in this situation and not work okay in this situation. Like, it's always right. And, and that gut feeling is telling me, like, you can't have bosses anymore. You just can't do it. You can't listen to these fucking jerk-offs trying to tell you that they think they know better than you. Like, I just can't do it. Uh, well, you must have learned a few of that, a little bit of that from me. That's why I, that's one of the reasons why I gave up teaching. Yeah. I, I, I really, I, I, there were things about teaching I didn't like, but for the most part, I like to teach. But my God, I couldn't stand that bureaucracy, that, that, that whole education system. Just like having your hands God. bound? And it was the same thing when I first became a lawyer, and I went to court a few times. Having some judge sit up there and pass judgment on me, like, I mean, I'm... 
you know, make little comments because you didn't stand up right at the right time or you didn't kowtow enough and your honor this and your honor that. Oh, bullshit. Oh, yeah, that sounds God. awful. Like, that's like the super grown-up version of, like, this just coffee shop or whatever. Like, you're not wearing the right color socks and just pointlessness. Well, that, it, you know what? It, the, the first story, one of the first stories I heard when I, I was working for Laurie Yerkes, it was, uh, I, I articled with him. He told me that... Uh, he went to court, he was just a young lawyer, went to court, uh, was defending some guy, I don't know what the hell it was about, but you had to wear your either striped pants or black pants and a dark uh, jacket. Uh, he was, he wasn't your robes, because he must have been in the provincial court. He had to wear black shoes. He had on a pair of brown suede, hush, hush puppy type shoes. So here he is defending this guy, and the judge starts calling him down. Well, Mr. Yorkson, what have you got on your feet? And, you know, he looks down, he's got his shoes on. Probably might have said something like, you're supposed to have black shoes on. And starts railing and ragging. You know, like, oh, come on. <laughs> Who needs that bullshit? And what would your client think of you? Probably think you're totally incompetent because you went to court with black and with brown shoes on. It's like, man, that is too, like, because that's, again, it just... And that wasn't the only story I heard in those days. I mean, I never had that. Well, I told you this one before about... Oh, I was in one of the courts, and I was expecting. I, I was pregnant with you. I was about five months along. And the, the other guy, who was so far up the judge's ass, it wasn't funny, he, he, I, I would, you were supposed to stand up each time you spoke. Up, down, up, down. Yes, my lord. No, my lord. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I noticed that he wasn't doing it, so I didn't. Miss Smart, you're supposed to stand up when you address me. And I said something like, well buddy over there, he's not, and Miss Smart, I'll have you, can, I, I, oh, I said, uh, do you have any good reason for not standing up, and this is what the judge says to me, and I said, well, I'm pregnant, what's his excuse? <laughs> Miss Smart, you say anything like that, I'll have you in contempt the court, like, oh, like, fuck off. <laughs> that's a classic line, dude, that's like a rum pole level line, that's good stuff. Yeah, like, so I thought after that, I'm not putting up yeah. with this bullshit anymore. Yeah, like, that's so a that's double why I chose a profession where I didn't go to court. Yeah, like, it's, like, yeah, that's one of my most hated things is when people enforce and follow these, like, silly just rules that someone else made up for no reason. But then if somebody hits you with a zinger like that, you got to, like chill out and laugh you got to <laughs> you know like that's just a double whammy if you also can't laugh at a good joke like then you're just a super asshole yeah, but you know what the joke about is they could find if you if i had answered back yeah he could have fined me for contempt Ugh. that's crazy too because like that's like the again it's like the higher level version of the exact same thing of like somebody yelling at me for the wrong color socks or it's just some protocol that is absolutely not important like like it just man I don't know, that seems so weird to me. It's one thing to be a dumb coffee shop drone, and I'm like, well, you're subnormal anyway. You work at a coffee shop. Like, okay, maybe you're dumb enough to believe in all this pomp and circumstance. But then for a judge to be the same way, it's like, man, I would love to do, like, some kind of brain scan and find out if there's, like, some kind of gene combination or something that makes people that way. Because it seems so impossible well, to see, me. Most, most of them that, that got to that position... Um, Oh, they played all the little cards that you're supposed to play, all the right things. They were members of all of the, the, the law society and the Canadian Bar Association, and they usually had some political affiliations, and just on and on and on and on and on. And then you got your all your accolades, like getting to be a QC first, and 
then you get appointed to judgeship. But you, most most judges, as far as I'm concerned, have some kind of pull and drag somewhere. And but they, the, but they played all the cards right. They were not people who were ever um, outspoken or uh, made comment that was any kind of contrary to those organizations or that that they're that they're all supposed to be a member of. Oh, God. So I guess that makes sense, yeah. Like, if all of their social power in life was gained by following the dumb rules, I guess, yeah, I guess they have a vested interest in in uh, maintaining and enforcing the dumb rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and when you when you get in there, it's like, it's not, it's not like, what's important? Like, it, it has nothing to do with justice. It has to do with how you play the game. And the better you play the game, the... Like, uh, there was some something I filed with the court just recently, a probate thing. What was it the judge didn't like? Oh, God, it was something so stupid. Um, something, oh, God, I can't even remember what it was. It was so dumb. Anyway, they accepted my application, uh, but that but told me I should never, oh, what was it now? I should never do it again. Now, I have filed enough probate papers over the years that I'm pretty damn good at knowing what I do. Anyway, this was a new judge. Uh, that had been on it. And anyway, the clerk called me up and said that uh, next time when I filed something, and it was some little technical thing, that I shouldn't do it like that. Anyway, I uh, I said, well, okay. Uh, she said, I'll accept it this time, but he said not to not to do it again. So magnanimous. So she hung up. And I thought, now, isn't that odd? All these years I've been doing that, it's never been an issue. So anyway, I went into the regulations myself and read them. I found out that I was right and he was wrong. So I phoned her up. And I said, uh, I, I, we're going to go over and pick up those papers. Thank you very much. But I hope you won't mind passing on to Mr. Justice so-and-so that if he looks at regulation, blah, 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 here's what it says. <laughs> she said, I don't know if I've got the, got, got the guts to tell him that. I said, well, I'm just telling you that there's where it is. And guess what? I'm right. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to enforce the rules, like, that's how you're going to live. Live or die by the rules. Like, it was something, like, really, really, really stupid and dumb. And I, it was so dumb, as I say, I can't remember what it was. But I knew that I kept thinking, how come I've, nobody's ever picked me up on this thing before if, if I'm not right? And uh, he was wrong. I was right. Man, it's all just, like, such weird little power plays, too, of just, like... I don't know. I guess that's what I find. This is gonna this is gonna sound extreme, but this is kind of like like anyone who follows these little rules of society and stuff. Like to me, it's like they've really just really failed badly to see how like what society really is and how it really works. Like we're all still the exact same, you know. Uh, physically, we're exactly the same as like cavemen were. Like we haven't changed any. Just our situation and circumstances have changed. So, I mean, like, society is just this thing we just built, this little sort of fake little uh, dollhouse that we put on top of the world. But we're still just weird savages living on the world with just this, like, fake veneer of civilization so we don't club each other's heads in. But every time somebody tries to pull those weird little social, like, oh, I want to pull rank on you and do this little thing, that's what I always think. It's like, dude, I could just take a bone and smash your skull. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> like, that's how the world really is. And you're just trying to pretend that it's not. And I'm going to pretend too, and we're all pretending so that society will work. But 
Like, fuck you. <laughs> it's like they lose, they, they've lost focus of what's really important and what's really relevant. Like, why what's are even you there? Really why are real? you doing a certain thing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really do think, too, with uh, these businessy folk, like that weird imperious sense that they have, it, uh, I really get the distinct sense that they just have never thought about that they're going to die or that they're really ignoring it. Because, I mean, that's the other super depressing way that I look at stuff sometimes. But, but this is all just kind of a big biological meat grinder. Like, we're all just here to spawn more biology, and no one's making it out of here alive. And if they really, you know, sat down and came to terms with that, there's just no way they could be such assholes. There's just not time for that. It's just too phony and too ridiculous. But they just don't. Well, I don't know. We'll see what comes out of your future, but I can't see you ever being somebody some underling. You'll have to be a boss somewhere. Yeah, but even that, like, man, I just, like, oh, man, like, I can't even imagine, like, when people do pull these little fucking power trips on people, I just can't imagine doing it. Like, even people like, uh, I don't know, people that I got in fights with in Toronto where it finally got to the point where, you know, I'd kind of try to flex my might a little and flex my social power to kick them out of a group but it's only after trying to hold on as hard as I could you know <laughs> like like I get no joy out of that like I was saying today with this confrontation with this girl like it didn't feel good it's just like fucking why are you such an asshole that we have to do this right now like I don't think I could be a boss because it's just like I don't want to be bossed but I don't want to be around people that want to be bossed either it's like what the fuck is your problem now <laughs> like look after yourself dude have an opinion have like a you know worry about your own rudder on your ship like like if you just follow what somebody else wants you to do nothing good is coming out of that oh there's a rainbow <laughs> just <laughs> i just noticed out the window oh you have a rainbow do you yeah in front oh, of the mountains dark ears, so. see pitch, that? Black. pitch black ears off <laughs> see that's the other thing i guess we'll see how after a couple of weeks of not having a job anymore but uh but even just this that there's like a rainbow in front of the mountains i feel like i'm already remembering like ah yeah vancouver this is the stuff because i was not feeling that way (laughs) so much when i was just in a coffee shop all the fucking time although i was kind of thinking too i mean i don't think i would have but i uh like i've i've given the landlord guy pre-postdated checks for like the next six months like through through the summer but i was thinking you know if i didn't do that this like little feeling of upheaval of quitting a job like it is kind of uncomfortable and weird but i'm like ah oh, maybe this would be the time to just fucking get totally out of here go somewhere else but but i just signed up for that course and i've got my rent paid like i'll i'll stay here for at least the summer i don't know uh what our plans are but if you're there for you know in the spring when it's rotten rotten here but it's beautiful out there we might take a little turnabout yeah i reckon i will be i don't believe i'm going anywhere oh you know what caroline uh, is out caroline's out in port hardy i don't know how uh i don't think that's all that close to vancouver actually yeah i don't actually know where that is i don't know that one that's on the north part of vancouver island Hmm. is that like uh, victoria is that where vancouver island yeah victoria yeah victoria's in the southern part and Port Hardy's like right at the north, at the tip. Yes, that must be some distance. But yeah, I didn't even realize she was out here. I lost track of yeah, where everybody is. Yeah, she's married to a guy that was a, uh, he's an accountant. He was an accountant here in Fredericton. And uh, they've lived there, uh, it's probably about a year and a half now. Oh, so it's he sold her re- husband, Graham and Ann. He sold his house here in Fredericton. He bought a 
uh, I think the guy was retiring. Uh, he did accounting work probably then all over the north half of that island. Anyway, this guy uh, that Caroline married, Dan, um, uh, bought that business and uh, apparently is extremely busy. So it looks really nice up there, too. Really kind of very wild. They have to get to it by ferry, of course, to get over onto Vancouver Island. To, to Vancouver Island. And then, uh, I, I don't know if there's another ferry they have to take to get to the tip. I don't think so. No, I think they just drive. Yeah, I've been kind of thinking of going over to Victoria. My friend Erin, who uh, used to work at the old coffee shop, she lives over there. I think that's about as far as I... That's as far as I've ever been, I think, in B.C., but... Yeah, it's a pretty good deal out here. It's not a bad place. Although it still really doesn't feel like Canada. These people are so such such weather wusses. It's, it's crazy. Well, if they haven't lived in this neck of the woods for all these, or had weather like that, they probably never have had weather like we have here. So yeah, they aren't really like the rest of us. <laughs> well, like, this is such a generic complaint, but uh, I don't think I told you I think this has happened since I called you last. But like, there's this... Uh, this little falafel place that I really like on Commercial Drive. And they had their door open because it's like hot in there. Like they have heat lamp stuff on and it's always like warm in there. The grills and everything going. And this guy came in on a totally temperate, mild day wearing a giant winter coat. Like ridiculous winter coat. And he gets his food and then he's like, is it okay if I close the door? It's just like, <laughs> fucking Christ. Like that's where I really had to bite my tongue. Like he's just some guy and I don't know him from Adam and I'm just another customer. It would be wildly inappropriate of me to say anything, but man, I wanted to. I was like, you, like are you a joke right now? What are you talking about? Because I, meanwhile, I had like all my stuff off. I'm in a t-shirt while the door was open, you know? <laughs> like it's really weird. It's like, it is just what, what you grow up with or like, because I know I do get cold, like I get goosebumps and I know my body's cold, but I just don't care like that something in my brain is like, this isn't cold. This could be three times colder than this, <laughs> you know, but they just don't have that. But it's still. Well, ridiculous. and see, you also grew up in a house because people are always saying how cold it is in this house. Yeah, um, and, and I'd still, I like that. I can't really sleep if it's I, I can't, if I go into places where the heat's on all the time, oh, jeez, I feel like I'm going to croak. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird, too, because it's like, yeah, I guess it is all just how you grew up or whatever, because that's what causes me problems, is I have a hard time sleeping unless I have, like, a comforter, like a pretty heavy blanket, but then it has to be cold in order. Like, I can't just have it be warm and wear a little sheet. Like, I just don't like that. So, hence the oh, window no, being either. open. Me and in fact, oftentimes I wrap up in, and I've got this big old fleece jacket that used to belong to Neil, and I sit around watching TV at night, whatever, the heat's hardly on, um, and I'm, but I'm nice and toasty warm in that jacket, but if I take the jacket off, it's freaking cold. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Man, that's like, uh, just, it's weird too, like, where people grew up and stuff is, uh, is... Like, uh, you know how, like, people's language centers develop differently? Like, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, all my Asian friends, like, they really do. It's a stereotype, but they have a hard time with R's and L's because they just, they can't really hear it because that part of their brain never really developed. But one of the really subtle versions of that is that whole, like, the way we say about differently than Americans. And their stereotypical joke about us is that we say a boot, which is ludicrous, right? Like, nobody says a boot. The craziest accent so. in Canada, no one says a boot. But I was having a little debate on the fucking on Twitter with some guy about this because uh, 
Kevin Smith has a new movie coming out that takes place in Manitoba, and everybody in the trailer says a boot. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no one says a boot. Like, and, and Kevin Smith made that same joke in 1997. For 20 years, he's been making this fucking joke. And it's like, I just like felt like I had to put my foot down. Of like, that's insane. You know, we do say it different, but no one says a boot. And then people would be like telling me like that they, to them, to these fucking Americans, it does sound like that to them. Like they just, they can't, they can't tell the difference. Like they don't have the that language center for that sound the, the way we say out and about it's just this subtle thing that never developed with them so to them it just sounds so weird that they just think a boot is like how we talk it's weird but regardless that joke still played out like god damn I like Kevin Smith and everything but it's like for 20 fucking years he's been making this one stupid joke about Canada will you fucking quit it it's not funny and we don't say that <laughs> yeah I just like snapped all of a sudden because the first time I ever heard that a boot thing it was in this movie he put out in 1997 and one of the characters is uh, a big fan of Degrassi and he's like yeah I always had a thing for girls who say a boot and I honestly did not get that joke for like two years finally somebody explained it to me and I was like a boot? what? <laughs> no, no one says that but they all think we say that Oh, well, everybody else got it, I guess. Yeah, but this new movie, like, I don't know, I might just give this one a pass, like, because the whole thing ostensibly takes place in Manitoba. It doesn't really. It's filmed in L.A., but in this little clip that got released, it's just a boot this and a boot that, and it's like, sorry. <laughs> it's like, ugh. Like, I've heard some pretty strong Canadian accents, especially in Ontario, and I'm not saying it's not a thing. It's just not a boot. It's not even close to a boot. See, now I never noticed that Ontario... Well, now, you live there, so you'd probably notice it more, but I never noticed that people in Ontario have all that strong an accent. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really think that Canadian accent that people reference is mostly them. Because even, like, uh, I'm only going by, like, I don't know, like, uh, wrestlers and stuff. Like, I know there's this one wrestler from Calgary who... He has a Canadian accent, but his is different. Like, his really is more of the sorry thing. And, yeah, the about saying about weird is is Ontario and then East Coast is just wacky you know like how every everyone in your family except you talks basically <laughs> you know it's and then that gets even more so in Newfoundland but yeah I feel like the clat and out here on the West Coast it's mostly just the Western you know West Coast lilt but uh, yeah I think Ontario is the classic Canadian accent quote-unquote yeah it probably because it's central yeah it probably is the one that people mostly like into but if I mean but if you're talking different accents I'd go with oh Newfoundland I heard some gent who lived in uh, oh some place off the coast of Labrador on, on uh, CBC the other day oh my god my darling this my darling that and it was like what? some of it like I couldn't understand a friggin word the man was saying if he'd been on TV they would have had to put the, put the uh, little captions underneath them and that's like, a, I don't remember the name of the place now, but it's this little island uh, somewhere off the east coast of uh, the United States where, because yeah, like uh, like the east coast Canadian accent, it's pretty thick. And like, or like, you know, the Campobello type accent, like I can't even Oh yeah, really that's down east. It's down east Maine, Machias and those places. Yeah, it's weird too, because I can kind of emulate, you know, a Newfoundland accent or an Irish accent, but not that accent. Like that accent I can't even do. No. I tough. can't do that either, but I tell you, my brother Pat can do that 
worked perfectly. Can do it. Doesn't he just talk that way? <laughs> well, no, they talk like that on Campobello, but no, that the real down east is even he's even more so. Right. Oh, yeah, so I was going to say, though, there's this little island. I don't remember the name of it, but it's, like, just off the coast of the States, and uh, I guess some linguist or something started. Uh, they did a little documentary about the place. It's the closest to what the accent was like for the first people that came to North America, like, you know, three, four hundred years ago or whatever, because they've been on this island and they all, like, the, the language hasn't evolved very much at all. And you have to subtitle every goddamn word. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like Shakespeare time shit. It doesn't make any sense. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, it's English, but it's not English, you know? <laughs> So anyway, I guess uh, I guess we should call this one to a close since we just. Oh, one thing I wanted to say is just when you were talking about being in the uh, courtroom, that made me think of there's this one episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson decides to represent himself, and within like 20 seconds of talking to the judge, it's devolved into him just going, "Shut up, judge." <laughs> I don't know. It just made me think of that a bit. Except you were the other side of that. Like, Homer is the dumb side of that, where you're the, like, this is this is too dumb for me side of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just, you gotta do so much stuff rolling around. And so many little rules of etiquette. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you, you can should be polite to people, but not to the point that it's fawning. Yeah. And I think you should be respectful, but not to the point that, uh, that, that you're you're losing focus of what you're there for. Yeah, and I think if uh, if you're gonna have a bunch of social hoops for people to jump through, it should also not be for minimum wage. That's in, uh, unreasonable. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's it's just, it doesn't matter what you're in, it, what what job it is, or what profession you're in. It's just a respect for people and and and, and talking straight. Don't all this bullshit that so many people go on and on and on about and they just can't say something straight to you why not just say it that bugs me too no patience and the older i get the less patience i have and i always did have not not a lot of patience for that and i don't have a, anybody that i find is just too stupid well i'm gonna be on i can't uh can't stand it you're too damn dumb don't talk to me <laughs> Well, don't talk to me. I, it's not that. It's not people that are dumb that bother me. It's people that are trying to come across as being so, I know this and I know that. And like, you can't even talk straight at me. Like, get lost. Yeah, it's brutal. Or they're insulted about the fact that you might, uh, I don't know. You, well, I don't, anyway, I won't get into that. We'll be on the phone all night. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was just thinking too with like this one fucking girl at the coffee shop that I got into the thing with today that spurned on my quitting is is extra annoying because like man I never did anything to her <laughs> you know like if anything I was like I really did get along with everybody at that place and I really tried hard to make it more fun to be at this bad job and you know people are like oh Keith you're funny you tell jokes it's cool I like working with you like like why why are you being an asshole to me? I'm totally not an asshole to you. <laughs> you know? Well, it's a power trip. Yeah. <laughs> now, though, now that I think that I'm out of the uh, 
actual moment though of having to have this fucking dumb confrontation with this chick i mean i think it'll be one of those things in hindsight looking back i'm already looking back and just remembering that moment of the line to the door like it was like a line of like eight or nine people just waiting just having to wait because i'm having it out with this (laughs) fucking jerk off (laughs) feels very awful in the moment but well that's one thing though that's kind of interesting too is like i really would try really hard to avoid kind of any kind of confrontation and stuff like that before because like i just really couldn't take it i think that's one reason why things like in new york just built up and built up and built up and then i fucking exploded on everybody and no one was everyone was like what the hell because they didn't see how much it was building up or whatever whereas now just uh you know just feeling more on the ball and exercising more and eating better and whatever and just being a little more in control of my life feeling like it was weird like with this confrontation with this fucking girl today like it still felt real awful and bad and it's just like ugh, like terrible why are you fucking making this happen but that was there but then alongside it really was like at the same time the other side the like the more common side that was just like like fuck you <laughs> this is happening now because you're being a total asshole and that is kind of nice like like i mean that's probably a good balance to have so i'm not some weird megalomaniacal i know best and everyone can fuck off all the time but but it's kind of nice that when it hits that point, like, I didn't just swallow my tongue again and not say anything. And I did just be like, like, what are you fucking doing right now? <laughs> like, you know, you really want to try to pull this? Well, it's all stopping. Right now, it's all stopping. Will you tell me what the fuck your problem is? So, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully it's still, I will endeavor not to be in that situation in my life anymore. But, but it's... Yeah, it's nice to... Because, man, there would be times in New York, like... Because the, the power differential or whatever, the pa- the power balance was so off where, you know, fucking Keith Malley has a podcast with 50,000 listeners and I'm just some guy that's on it sometime. Like, man, it would be... I'd be like... I remember being at my apartment in Queens listening to one of the shows where he would say some shitty thing about me or some dumb fucking misguided crap that's all insulting. And just, like, like kicking the wall. Like, you know, in those old comics? Do you remember those old ads with, like, the skinny guy on the beach? And the bully kicks sand in his face? And oh, he's yeah, like, the Charles Atlas ad. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, duh, I'm gonna... That's, I mean, I totally felt like that. I was just so pissed. And, like, why is this guy being such an unfair, fucking ridiculous dickbag? But then I just swallow it down and I wouldn't say anything. And, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to be moving away from that now where it's like... Not going to happen again. No more of that. Yeah, because that's all it is. It's somebody just trying to exert power over you. And if you kind of let it happen and you cave in, you don't feel real good about yourself. That doesn't mean you have to go tell everybody to go fuck off. (laughs) But every once in a while, yeah, it feels good to take a stand and say, you know what, you're just full of shit and I don't have to take it off you. So go fuck off. But then I was also kind of glad, too, that when I actually did the, like, hey, I'm going to quit, you know, that I kept all that out of it. And, like, I really am kind of glad I didn't get to know these people at the coffee shop super well. So, like, they don't know, for instance, about this podcast, <laughs> you know. So, so I can tell you all this and just get it off my chest. But, you know, I'm sure I'll still run into these people. And, you know, I still know people and whatever. And run into the same circles now. But, but yeah, it doesn't have to infect the whole group thing it can just be like me and this dumb chick had this one fight and that's it that's the end of it you know like i feel like that's another thing i would have done back in the day is 
is like, I'm quitting because she's an asshole and then told everyone that she's an asshole and like, uh, why? <laughs> you know, it just makes everything bad for everybody. Yeah, well, you're growing up. Yeah, about time, right? Still, I still feel like I'm a good 10 years behind, but if you do that, if you go with the 10 years behind thing, I think I'm doing pretty good for 26. Maybe not 36, but, you know. Well, we live in a culture where we're all running 10 years behind where we should be. Well, I was even kind of thinking that. I didn't realize it just still going on and on, new things I keep thinking of. But um, because that was one thing, too, that was like, didn't, it took a while for news to get around, like a long while for anyone to realize how old I was. Nobody knew. They all just thought I was the same age as them. And then uh, it was like, really? 36? Like, are you joking? Like, show me your ID. That can't be true type of thing. And, uh, and I wonder if it's that, you know, like life expectancy is just going up and up and up. So I'm already in the demographic or the generation that'll you know like live into 80 will be no big deal it's like probably going to happen and then a couple generations after me it's like getting to 100 will be no big deal so obviously that doesn't yeah, just happen middle age will be 60 yeah right so that doesn't just happen at the end of the line it obviously just uh, the way our lifestyles are and whatever and advances and everything like it happens all throughout so i probably really am not like like a 36-year-old guy in the Middle Ages was probably literally like twice as old as I am now, like in any like measurable old guy. Oh, yeah, and he probably only had a good, you know, maybe a good 10, 15 years left to live. Yeah. 15 if he was lucky. He'd be dead by 50. Yeah, because, I mean, I honestly don't feel like 36, so you're like the big 4-0 and all this stuff. Like 40, I really do feel like used to be a big goalpost and a big, big like a big problem, quote-unquote. Like, uh, when you're 40, it's all downhill. And I just... I really don't feel I that know, way. People now, it, people here like, oh, you're 40? Oh, you're young. Yeah, you're right? Young. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go try to pass myself off as some young, hip, cool teen, but I just thought that was kind of interesting that I totally just was, here I am, I'm just working at the coffee shop with all the 20-somethings, and psh, nobody knew any different. <laughs> it's kind of neat. I mean, once my hair grew in a little, cover my, in, you know, my, <laughs> I've got like this perfect hairdo right now that like totally you can't see how receding it is. It's pretty nice. I don't know how long that'll last for, but. Yeah, well, at least you're not receding in the middle. You're just receding at the sides. Yeah. And you've been doing that for a good long time. Like, I think since you were in your early, in your early 20s, that started. Yeah, and I, don't, I definitely got like a gray hair when I was like. 21 I remember because I definitely remember like oh look at that there it is <laughs> so yeah but you still don't have the gray jeans that some of the smarts do yeah at 21 they're gray all gray I was kind of thinking that though if I was ever going to dye my hair I don't think I would dye it like a dark color I would go the other way <laughs> I would try to get like a Steve Martin I'm not gonna but I was thinking if I if I was going to dye my hair I'd just go the other way yeah yeah Steve Martin oh, he never looks any older yeah yeah, I haven't seen a picture of him lately, but I, I presume he must look old by now, but who knows? Stop that. But anyway, yeah, so I've been eating up, eating up your whole evening. Uh, let me see, so I guess probably next time I talk to you, I don't even think this class will have started yet, because it's like, yeah, it's like a good three weeks away. So I guess it depends. If I talk to you in two weeks, not yet. Oh, maybe, no, wait, it starts on the 10th. So yeah, probably... The 10th. That's only about... Uh, yeah, well, so we're at the end of January now. It's 28th. Yeah, so if I call you that's in two about, weeks... That's only about another two weeks. Yeah, so if I do call you in two weeks, then that will be, uh, That'll be after the my news. first class. So there we go. I can tell you about that. 
Okay. <laughs> your 36-year-old son telling you about the first day of school. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to it. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys didn't get any snow and that the weather's good and such. Well, it was great hearing from you tonight because I wasn't expecting it at all. Yep. All I had to do is quit my job. It's all good. It's all set. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll bolster up the bank account a little bit just to kind of tide you over. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. I was kind of thinking now I should, uh, I should bite the bullet. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, I know I said I was going to go a million times, but... So, you know, I was saying, like, I, I just haven't really been using the kitchen at my place because I, I just like an excuse not to be home, and I just really, particularly this one roommate that I don't like, the fucking old 50-year-old jerk-off guy that's a real pain in the ass. So I just got to tell you this one other thing. But I, maybe I'll bite the bullet and, like, buy a rice cooker and just start, you know, spending less money on food now that I don't have a job. But uh, this guy, oh, God, it never ends with this fucking jerk. So, again, with the... Uh, people from BC having a crazy sense of what being cold means like I've got my door or my window open and like it couldn't be it could couldn't be warmer this guy's always cold so he bought like a I don't know there's like a window in the bathroom that doesn't quite close all the way so he boarded it up with like tape and cardboard and then he bought like a space heater for the bathroom but the the killer is I started noticing that this stove was on all the time and I finally found out just from overhearing, like, what the hell that's all about. I just presumed he was preheating it to make something. But what this fucking wacko does is he turns on, because we don't pay the power, the landlord pays the power. So he turns on the stove to 400 Fahrenheit and just keeps the door closed, but just leaves it on so that the kitchen will be mildly warmer. God. And he works. He's running that guy's power bill right at the window. And it just creeps me out because he he works nights, so he's always up till like three or four in the morning. So he insists he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like I'll take care of it. But like I don't know, it's just weird to go to sleep with a fucking stove on. And I looked it up, and I guess as long as it's an electric stove, not a gas stove, like it's fine. Nothing's gonna happen. But but I don't know. You can tell this guy's never been through a house fire. Like, it's hard to shake, man. I had a whole apartment burned down, and it's like, you don't just... Yeah, like, why doesn't he just go get himself a pair of thermal underwear and wear a heavy sweater around the house? Yeah, and he's not, like, hanging out in the kitchen. He's in his own stupid room with the door closed with a fucking stove on in the next room. Like, what a fucking lunatic. What an annoying fucking idiot. (laughs) You know? Like, again, like... Oh, I just feel like my gut instinct, it's dead on all the time. Like, literally the first day I met this guy, I knew he was a dickbag because of his, like, close the door when you pee, and it just keeps getting worse. Everyone else is normal. Everyone else is fine. Like, how come no one is... Someone needs to, like, I don't know, travel back to when this guy was, like, five years old and just sit him down and be like, you're a fucking annoying piece of shit, (laughs) and you need to really stop it. You need to be a different type of person. Like, that's just... I would never even think of that. Like how how do you even and uh yeah i don't know the night that i realized what was going on with that it just really weirded me out because i guess like the house fire thing is just a little bit stuck in my subconscious more than i realized because also since we're on the ground floor and you know we're living this pretty crappy part of vancouver uh there's like gates on all the windows so like if there was some kind of fire somehow i've got to get my house keys and unlock this gate thing and open it before I can leave out of my own window. And like, and again, and nothing's going to happen. What if every time you walked in the kitchen, you turned it off? Yeah, well, there's this other guy, Eddie, who just recently moved out, who did that all the time. And it was like a constant battle between them. And this guy would just, and he's like, he's 
obnoxious and he's just like he knows people hate it but he doesn't care he wants the stove to be on and he, he acts all righteous about it too of like I don't know, I guess he knows the lady that owns the property or something and is like, oh, she's so cheap and she won't pay to heat the place properly and blah, 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 like as if we're going to be on his side. And it's like, no, you're just the biggest idiot ever. (laughs) No one cares. And this is fucking Vancouver. It's not cold. You have no leg to stand on. You're just a lunatic. I hate that guy. (laughs) He sucks so much. And I don't suppose he's reasonable enough that if you ever said to him, look, I really feel uncomfortable with that stove being on because I was involved in a serious house fire in Toronto. Yeah, like maybe... I don't suppose that would have any impact. Maybe, but I just feel like not because this guy, Eddie, already butt heads, butted heads with the guy a bunch and then just didn't do any good. So, yeah, so I just was like... And, and after that first night, it didn't bother me anymore. I think it was also, there's this horror movie called It Follows, that is like really really scary and I was watching it in the dark and I was already really freaked out <laughs> and then and then that was the same night that from overhearing uh, other roommates talking I was like oh that's why the stove's always on because this fucking lunatic is turning it on and my mind was just racing with death you know scenarios <laughs> but it was really only that one night and I did a bunch of research and yeah it's like it's fine the only conceivable way the house could burn down is that if there was a, an electrical fire, like it's, the, the stove isn't the thing. It could be any, anything that's just plugged in and turned on all the time has the same likelihood, you know, no real likelihood of starting a fire. But it still just seems crazy to me. Like, who the fuck does that? Yeah, you know what, it probably is safer than if you had a space heater. Yeah, probably. Plugged into the wall. Yeah, I noticed the space heater he got, it's actually kind of neat that uh, if it falls over, it automatically turns off. That's kind of neat neat little thing and then that one at least like it's just you know when you turn on the light in the bathroom the space heater turns on it's like yeah that's fine that's reasonable that's not something a fucking crazy man would do but the stove thing ugh where like yeah I'm like sweating I'm like I can't wait to just you know take off all of my layers and this guy's got the stove on all the time it's like ugh ugh (laughs) yeah so I mean again it's like uh, uh, like, even that, I'm just thinking, like, like uh, if I did get a rice cooker, you know, that wouldn't hurt. You know, I like making rice in a rice cooker. It's super cheap and it's delicious, but actually, you know what? I guess if I had a rice cooker, I could literally just do that in my room because I just don't want to talk to this guy. Every conversation with him, he's just some, some, some blowhard conversation about fucking nonsense that I just makes me want to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> like, uh Oh, you've got such tolerance. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, it's just like, it's not me, it's them. Everybody else is fine. Because we've already gone through, like, two other roommates that were both cool. And uh, and they moved away. Like, they're both travelers. So what they do is, like, they both left for a few months and they've sublet their places. So the two people that came in, also cool. So everyone's cool, except this guy. He's not cool. And I yeah, know, like if you, get, if you get in your mind that you don't like somebody like that, like uh, yeah, it's worse. Every time you meet them, like every little thing is like, Ugh, I can't stand that person. Yeah, uh, brutal. Yeah, because I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be able to make that up. You know, like yeah, I'll just turn on the stove all the time. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Well, if he wanted to generate heat, he should open the door of the thing. Yeah. That kicks the heat out, keeping the heat in the stove. That's dumb. (laughs) 
Yeah, although, I mean, I feel like that would be... It does throw heat, no question. They, a stove will, will throw heat, but having the door closed is not nearly as effective as opening the door of the oven. Yeah, I feel like that, though, really would be, like, you know, more dangerous or whatever. And he really does just leave the thing unattended for ages. Oh, my God, I'm looking at the temperature here. Zero on Saturday, five on Sunday. Woohoo! Nice. One on Monday. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad at all. Now, if this was uh, if this was October and these were these temperatures, we'd be saying, "Oh my God, look how cold it is." <laughs> so anyway, this podcast, yeah, I've said this many times, but I think that now I will let you go. Okay, so give me a buzz after the after the uh, course starts and let me know if there's any promise in that direction. Yeah, cool. And I figured, like, no matter no matter how, like, even if even if this guy from my apartment turns out to be the professor you know like if it's just the worst case scenario ever like that's fine it's still just like three hours where i can just go write and hang out with people that also like to write oh my like, god wouldn't that be ironic yeah you uh, go to the course and the guy with the oven is your professor he definitely has that you know jerk off professor kind of a demeanor but but yeah he's just a waiter yeah i don't know I don't, I don't mean to look down on him for being a waiter. I mean, I'll probably be a 50-year-old waiter, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I won't be a dick. All right, yeah, so I'll talk to you then in a couple weeks. Okay. All right, bye. Bye-bye.